Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O. Hi, guys. On this episode, we're going to talk about how to get footing after a major setback, how to get traction. This is actually um, one of my favorite topics. Noelle, good morning. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, and I love this topic too. And the reason that I love this topic is because setbacks are such a natural part of human existence. Mm -hmm. And I think that our pixelated, digital media-driven culture tells us that everyone is having the best time in life except for us. Yeah, a lot of FOMO, a lot of feeling left out, a lot of, uh, you know, everyone is growing and thriving and doing these amazing, amazing things, and I'm the kid that got held back. Yeah, because nobody ever posts their problems, their sorrows, their sleepless nights, their misery, their fears. Everybody posts the highlight reel. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And that's why uh, it's so easy to compare um, these days. And also, you know, we don't compare ourselves to people who have less. We're always comparing ourselves to who have more. Yes, very much so. And as coaches, our clients come to us when they are on their knees, when they are broken, when they need change. And so understanding how this works mentally, emotionally, and giving people tools to realize, number one, it's not just them. And number two, that life in itself is the hero's journey. And they not only will get back up, but that they can and that they have a history of doing hard things is so vitally important. Yes. And and this is where we insert science because because if you just become a cheerleader um, and your intentions may be great, that's not really coaching, right? If you just, you know, say you can do it and I've been there, um, that may be helpful, but that's not really coaching. Not at all. Coaching is a strategic art mm-hmm. and coach and client come together to dump out the life legos and strategize on the path forward. Right. So we're going to give you tools today to help get on that path and move towards a place of strategy. Yep. First up is the concept of avoidance. So when people experience negative emotions, anger, fear, sadness, loss, all those things, the totally natural response is to avoid these feelings. Yeah. This is referred to as experiential avoidance. I also think that because we avoid and resist and we run and we've been doing it for so long, um, it could just be our default without us even realizing it. Yeah. People go to incredible lengths to avoid discomfort, to avoid the sensations of feeling poorly. And let's talk about it. I mean, this is the way that maladaptive behaviors show up in society. Um, Sometimes people overeat. Sometimes they dull with alcohol or drugs. Sometimes they float from one relation to the next. This is when affairs happen. Um, playing with danger, taking risks, creating more problems in your life so you don't have to deal with the original problems. These are all really human patterns. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you say that most of us avoid? Yeah. Suppression is the way that your brain tries to get rid of bad news. Yeah. And avoidance may work in the short term for saying, I'm not going to think about that now. I'm going to deal with it tomorrow. It does not work in the long term. Yes, all and it's of not, the research. 
and it's not just the the avoiding once because we you know we rarely avoid once it's the habitual pattern avoiding you know uh, turning avoidance into a lifestyle is what keeps you uh, trapped and stuck trapped and stuck and going down paths that you don't really have control over right research shows us that experiential avoidance is linked with negative outcomes across the board yeah yep so how do we combat this stuff? You know, let's go to the fact that our bodies are an ecosystem. We need physical equilibrium in our bodies in order to reach a peak state where we can flourish and mm-hmm. have new ideas and see new possibilities. So we have to tend to both our mind and our body in equal measure. And this is actually um, what gets me really excited. Uh, you know, I used to um, just think a lot. And I think that's why I was just so disconnected with myself. And, um, one of my biggest findings just in life in general is that connection to your body, what we're talking about right now, right? The, the feeling of it, not just thinking, not just thinking. Cause when you're thinking you're in your ruminating brain and you're playing through different scenarios, you're calculating, you're thinking about the past, you're um, agitated, and you're basically spinning. So when we're talking about a true mind-body connection and equilibrium, we're asking you to accept your inner state. Mm -hmm. And rather than avoid yourself, we're asking you to engage with whatever adverse state you're experiencing. So when negative emotions are strong, it can be very difficult to accept them, to accept their existence. And avoidance offers a quick solution. We don't let ourselves feel pain when we numb with food or alcohol or just try to run from our feelings. That's when we compound our negative state. Right. I like to um, remind myself when when I'm struggling with this that um, avoiding is keeping me in a time machine, meaning it's, you know, I'm not moving forward, uh, leading into my resistance uh, is going to help unfold my story and keep, you know, tomorrow coming. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And so when, when we're looking at this stuff, the and, and it's so simple, but the first step is to acknowledge that you feel shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you don't acknowledge it, then you're going to run. Yeah. So just kind of learning how to sit in discomfort and say, man, I really don't like the way that I feel right now. Mm. That's step one. Right. That's step one. And then step two, I would say is move your body. Yeah. Don't, don't stay stuck in your room spinning, you know, get up, move around, change your physical environment, look outside, notice some kids, notice some sunshine, look at a flower and get out of your own head. Yes. I mean, I tell people I cut my day in half and it's exactly what we're talking about. Uh, movement uh, used as, as, as medicine, you know, uh, there's nothing faster that's going to kind of pull you out and shoot uh, dopamine in your brain than, than having a daily sweat. Yeah. And this can be a super simple daily sweat. If you are in a really stressed out state at work, you can go for a walk. You can do mm-hmm. jumping jacks in your office. We're really looking at 15 minutes of cardiovascular exercise to deliver a huge relief and chemical punch. Yeah. You don't have to do a hundred burpees for time. No, I don't. Who can do that, John? <laughs> um, I, I have, but yeah, that's not, that, that doesn't qualify. Uh, you could just, like she said, go for a walk. And you know what? Sometimes that's probably more powerful to do something like, you know, a mellow motorcycle ride or go for a walk, uh, go for a, a, a hike or go into the park or do something where you're actually grounding your body. 
And grounding is important here. So, so let's talk about this. Let's say you decide to go out for a walk. It is entirely possible that you can go on that walk and stay in your head yeah, and not see colors or animals and not experience your senses. You have senses for a reason. Using your physical senses, sight, taste, touch, smell, grounds you in your current reality. Yeah. So that the practice here is to dig into your sensory experience and start getting really clear that you are a human who is existing on a planet that is suspended in a universe and we know nothing. Yes. We actually don't, <laughs> we don't exercise our senses. You know, we think a lot and we constantly think, and then our distorted thinking pulls us under. And then now we're in this quicksand and, uh, using our senses is kind of the way out, you know, touch, smell, f uh, taste, hear, all of that, how you feel. All of it. It's physical enactment. And do you know what doesn't help you access all of your senses? Mm, what? Social media. Oh, sure. Yep. Because it, it's very two-dimensional. It's very two-dimensional and it really just kind of gets you spun and gets you hijacked on dopamine. So lay off of social media, go for a walk, engage with real humans, dig into your senses. It'll really help you get out of your head. Yes. Um, and it's hard to do. I mean, I, if you're on social media for a living, um, you know, it's more than addictive. You're doing it for work. So you have to really make an effort to unplug and, and go exist in the world. Take the world in. This, you're right. And and I'm glad you brought that up. So, you know, for there's a lot of folks who exist on social media for yeah. a living. Yeah. And um, folks who work similar to John does, you guys, uh, you really need to take into account the way that dopamine is impacting your brain and your body. Uh, dopamine addiction is real and it keeps you in a state of anticipation. So if you're feeling overly fearful, if you're feeling overly anxious, it might be worthwhile to pull back and say, is this me or am I stuck in an anticipatory motivational loop that's not letting me see my reality? Right. Man, how many times a day I check uh, how many followers I have, if it's dropped, you know, who liked this, this photo, who didn't like it's, it's totally uh, consuming. And, you know, I, I, can, I can feel it in my body, it, you know, either getting excited, getting the dopamine hit or dropping and getting, you know, discouraged or sad for a second. Yeah. And thank you for being so real about this yeah. because it's, it's a huge problem and it impacts all of us, especially little gr brains, little growing brains mm -hmm. of children. Yeah. Um, parents need to be very aware of this. And John, if you ever want to get out of your head, you can just call me and I can reality check you real quick. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> all day. Yeah, all day. <laughs> I am here for you to beat that dopamine addiction. Yeah. But let's um let's let's drop into what happens in session with folks and how we actually help form strategy after a setback because there are some very cool tools out there. One of them that I found when I was looking at this is from a researcher named Skinner. Mm -hmm. And people have really specific ways of coping. So the ways that people cope are pretty much universal and they fall into four areas that I think are all worthy of exploration. So we've been talking a lot about what happens in your head, right? That is only one area that you can actually tap into for coping and strategy that falls under personal abilities and that falls under self-comforting. Mm. So what 
we were talking about was how all of this stuff works from a negative perspective, but there is a positive perspective to self-comforting. So if you're in your head, if, if that's where you're at, that's totally fine. If you're working with a client, you can walk them through looking at emotional expression. Mm -hmm. That's step one. Getting those feelings out. I feel sad. I feel angry. I feel frustrated. I feel scared. Naming your feelings gets your prefrontal cortex to kick into action and limits your limbic response. So you'll feel less shitty. Yeah. You also feel heard, you know, creating that space for your client allows your client to um, be heard, to validate their feelings. Yeah. And it's not just a two-way street. You can do this for yourself. Naming your emotions out loud is something that you can do 100% on your own and have the same kind of impact. Mm -hmm. Another one is something that's uncomfortable to look at, but as coaches, we're not here to make people comfortable. We're here to help them grow and change. And it's really looking at their behavior and self-regulation and the way that coping mechanisms might be coming into the play where they need to kind of think about how they're self-soothing and choose new ways to do that. Breaking patterns. Breaking patterns. And then, you know, emotional regulation. It's really common for folks to act out in times of stress. So a trick here is it is physically impossible to have a positive thought and a negative thought at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. When you induce positive emotions, you can knock negative emotions out of your sphere. You know, I also heard that uh, negative thoughts, negative energy, anything negative is uh, 4x more powerful than than positive. And because we're so used to the negative, I mean, we're just drowning, especially in our thinking and our feeling. You're correct. And I can explain a little bit how that works. So we have an evolutionary trait called negativity bias. Mm -hmm. Because our ancestors in the caveman days had to physically outrun our problems, our brains notice negative things a lot quicker. And that's helpful when you need to physically outrun something. It's not so helpful when you're trying to get through your day. Um, The other piece of this is that negative thoughts, negative emotions course through your nervous system, which is rapid and fast acting. So not only do we have a heightened sensitivity to notice negativity, but it slams us. Yeah, I mean, it's, and also it's we're, we're slamming ourselves just constantly throughout the day. Constantly throughout the day. And positive emotions are a lot more subtle and pulsing. Right. That uses our endocrine system. So positive emotions are often more plentiful, um, but we have to work harder to notice them, maintain them, and induce them. Life would be so much better if it was flipped. It would be, <laughs> right. it would be, but I think if everyone listens to this podcast and does this work, we can get there. Yeah. Evolutionary, we'll, we'll, we'll flip humanity together, right? right? right. Um, so, you know, once you get a handle on your emotional regulation and you start inducing positive emotions to replace negative ones, positive thoughts to replace negative thoughts, that's when you can really move into action because those positive thoughts have a broadening effect. This is research that's been done by Barbara Fredrickson. Mm -hmm. When you broaden your thought repertoire with positive emotions, you're better at problem solving. Mm. 
And John, you will be excited to learn that when you broaden with positive emotions, you also increase your physical capability and your coordination. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I didn't know that, but uh, I could definitely see how, because I've experienced um, whether I'm, uh, you know, in, in the box or uh, when I was used to do these local competitions, if I was positive, if my day was good, if I went into it with certainty and gratitude, I always performed better than going into it with fear and like, you know, um, just negativity that I had to be there. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's great to be able to really think back at, and look at your life and tie your memories to what we're telling you so that you kind of prove it to yourself. Right. Right. So next up, we're moving into action. So every human has the capacity for problem solving. And this falls into two categories. You can strategize and plan, and you can seek information. And when we're looking at this, these are assets that are readily available to us. So as a coach, what we want to be doing is talking to our clients and saying, hey, what are all of the different ways that you have to seek information. Mm -hmm. Some suggestions that you can make are reading, observing, talking to others. And these are really, truly durable social resources, talking to others. What do you see in your coaching land as the best places where people can really seek information to learn? Um, I was going to say podcasts. And if you're listening, listening to this, uh, you know what we're talking about. Um, podcasting is the new radio and there's just endless podcasts on any thing you want to learn about. And it's also something you can do while you're doing the dishes or going on a walk. Um, I think audio is is the next big way, just, just the way that we're going to learn these days. Yeah. And so the value here is that we're putting facts over feelings. And this is something I say all the time is, is this a feeling or is this a fact? Because right. when things have gone wrong, we, we're stuck with these yicky feelings. But when we start problem solving, when we start information seeking, we're actually soothing our nervous system because we're taking control. And up next is the point where we really get clear once we do the strategizing, once we do the information seeking, we're looking at our available options. What can we do? We can surrender, we can reframe, we can prioritize, we can look at our whole lives and see, all right, you know, what's the thing I have to do first? Yeah, I love this because the word options uh, is very empowering. I think a lot of people don't do anything because they don't feel like they have options. Correct. This is where a technique like a balance wheel would come in handy in coaching. So guys, a balance wheel is you basically draw a circle on a piece of paper and you turn it into a pizza with eight slices. And you have your client write all of the different areas of life that are very important to them in the different slices. It could be finances. It could be social life, friendships, romantic life, home environment, job, finances, spirituality, fun, travel. Whatever is important to your client goes in a slice. And this helps people see that, yes, there might be a setback in one area, but they actually have a whole full life to draw from when they're sourcing their priorities. I love that you said this because when I'm working with clients and a lot of clients come to me um, because mostly relationships and breakups or because they hate their careers and um, that's all valid, but those are just 
uh, one pie slices. You know, uh, you know, they're, they're not, it's not your whole entire life. And one of the things I do is I, I make them see that there's more to life than just your romantic relationship or just, you know, uh, work. Yeah, you, we are whole complex individuals and taking a look at the whole wheel is vitally important for moving forward. Right, right. And then the final piece of this equation is something that you and I talk about a lot, but I think that everybody out there needs to talk about more and that are social resources. Mm -hmm. Other people matter. Other people matter. Having good, durable social connections is the number one indicator of well-being. And that means that you can take a hit when you experience stress. Yeah. And, you know, most people, when they have a major setback, they isolate. Yeah. And that's natural to feel like it's only you, that you're the only one. Um, So when you can look at your social resources and push out into the world, you actually have to tell other people that you're struggling. So that Mm -hmm. requires bravery. But this is also why the coaching relationship is so very vital because as coaches, we create a safe space for people to come to us and talk about things that they don't want to share with anybody else. I hear a lot of that stuff on a regular basis. And I also want to remind you as coaches, you know, part of the the traction is that human exchange it's not uh, not necessarily answers right so when we're we're looking at our social resources and we're looking for that exchange what you get in return and what you can remind your clients of is they get comfort they get contacts they get actual real aid and support and don't discount the spiritual support that oh, you yeah. can receive people just really truly having somebody being there with you yeah I, I love that and you know that whole spiritual support um also gets you to pull back and see the greater and it makes your problems a lot smaller very much so very much so so i want to close out with some really beautiful work by Kristen neff which is self-compassion through suffering mm-hmm. and it's understanding that all of humanity suffers. And whenever we experience a setback, we can reflect that we're sharing in the common experience of human existence. So step one, this is a moment of suffering. Just say to yourself, this is a moment of suffering. And that's mindfulness right there. So other options includes, you know, this hurts or ow, this hurts. Mm -hmm. It's acceptance. Acceptance. And then step two is suffering is a part of life. Right. This is common for humanity. Um, So other things that you might say are other people feel this way. I'm not alone. And we all struggle in our lives. And next, and John, I want you to do this at home. Put your hand over your heart. Okay. And feel the warmth of your hands and the way that you're actually touching your chest and know that you can soothe yourself. May you be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. May you give yourself the compassion that you need. May you forgive yourself. May you be strong and may you be patient. I don't know anyone who does this, uh, but they should because just the act of putting your hand over your heart and saying these powerful words is, I mean, you could literally feel the, the soothing energy, you know? Like I think if I did this long enough, I would start to cry. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an incredibly powerful exercise. Kristen Neff is one of my favorites, um, for using this work and, um, thank you for joining me in it. Yeah. Thank you for this, uh, important conversation and guys, um, if anything, uh, and I love that we ended on this, um, be kinder to yourself. Yes. Right, guys. You matter. You matter. Absolutely. Be well. Be well. Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noelle's six-step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community, strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.